This is Jonathan Hansen, and you're listening to the Warning Radio Program. We're going to continue where we left off yesterday with Bree Keaton, the pygmy lady, ministers to the pygmies in Africa. She was an entertainer, rock music. The Lord saved her, and now she's in ministry. Now let's continue with Bree Keaton. I wanted to show you some things because they're so amazing. So we went to a certain village, and we were going to talk to the people. We were going to tell them about Jesus. And we were there for a few minutes, and they came up and plunked a 20-foot anaconda around my neck. And that thing was hissing and roaring. People don't know, but they roar. Anacondas cannot be tamed. They won't behave even close to what a python will do. Pythons are from Africa originally. Anacondas are South America only. And they are vicious killers. They can't be tamed. They're horrible. And they put this thing around my neck to test me. So instead of running and screaming, I just stood there. And if you look carefully at my face, you'll see there's no fear on my face. The thing was snapping has giant reticulated teeth like that. If it bites you, you have to kill the animal and then pull those teeth out. It's horrible. And this was hissing and snapping in my face, you know, wiggling. It was very strong and roaring. And so I just stood there and I am speaking to that snake. Can you see I'm, my mouth? You can see I'm speaking. And here's what I said. Peace be still. And the snake froze like a stick and it stopped wiggling. It was perfectly still like a stick. I took it off my neck and I walked over and I plunked it around Dylan's neck and it started fighting and hissing again. And he just stood there laughing. And so the people said, okay, we're ready to hear whatever you have to say. It was a test. So I want to say this to you. Life is a test. Try to pass that test. Everybody with me? Yes. The test will be every day. You don't know what's going to come at you on any given day. You don't know what's going to be done. But memorize the word so that when you get in trouble, you've got a scripture ready. You notice these stories I'm telling you? There's always a scripture involved. Yeah? Good, right? Because the word is powerful. The word works. And if you believe it, it'll really work. Amen. God is faithful. But this was a test. Now they're ready to hear us because we didn't run in fear. And they thought for sure we would. How about that? Here's another story. This is also from the deep Amazon rainforest. We went to a certain village. God has spoken to me. I was in America. And I was in my computer, at my computer. And the Lord said, Amazon. And he said, they're in a drought. People don't realize the Amazon sometimes gets in a drought. Everybody thinks about it as a rainforest, but they have their droughts. And it's really bad because the Indians that live there have rain barrels. And when they go dry, they can die. And it's hard to get an animal. It's hard to eat. It's hard to drink. It's hard to live if there's a drought. You sure can't grow anything. So I went down there with Dylan, and our intent was to pray to bring the rain. How many know that if it was ever done in the Bible, it can be done now? So if you see it in there, then it's possible, yes? yes? And even far beyond it, all things are possible. Who remembers when Elijah prayed for rain? Yeah. It had been three and a half years of drought. And what did he pray? Oh, God, send the rain. And he prayed it seven times. 
And a cloud came and he ran to Ahab and said, gird up your loins, get on your horse. It's going to rain. You got to get out of here because he knew it would be torrential. All right. So this is what I remembered and what I believed. So I went in there and sure enough, a village that had been right on the Amazon river was a mile from the river now because the river was down that far. So we had to climb up that mud mountain there and get on these little logs and walk our way up to the village. When we got there, we said, well, we're going to do a musical tonight and we're going to talk to you. <laughs> See how everything we're going to do. And so we got up there. We did music that evening. We began to preach the gospel. The whole village, now they're Indians, deep forest Indians there. They all came to Jesus. And then I said to the chief, I'm going to get down on my knees and I'm going to pray for rain and it's going to rain. So I did that. I got down on my knees and I said in a loud voice so everybody could hear me, Oh God, send the rain. And I counted to 30. My head was down. The rain came like torrents and it rained and it rained and the barrels started to fill up. And I said to the chief, tell everybody in your village, go get your nets, go down to the river, and you're going to get the biggest catch you've ever gotten. And everybody will have water. Everybody will have food. And he said, okay. And they went down there and they fished until morning all through the night. And they filled up all their nets until the nets were breaking. And then they dragged them all back up to the village and everybody was dancing because it's still raining and everybody was happy. Probably first bath they'd had in a long time, you know. So then they started cooking up the fish and it was the first time I ever ate piranha. <laughs> no, thank you. Never again. Takes about 10 of them to get one bite. They're pretty small. But anyway, I had to try stuff, right? So now it just so happened that a man came along and told us and the other people we were with told us, now here's a picture of a 46-foot anaconda wow. with the shape of a man in him. Can you see that? So this story, very interesting. This man told that he had been walking through the jungle with three of his friends. And he said, I'm tired. I'm going to lie down. And he said, I'll catch up with you. But he never did. So they came back to find him and he was gone. But they found this snake with the shape of a man in him. So they took the pictures and then they cut the snake open and took the man out. It was their friend and he lived. Oh my so he came to the crusade and got saved. And so the man reported that he felt God had saved his life so that he could come to Jesus. How about that? Testimonies. Don't you love the Lord? I want to turn to another scripture now. I want to show you something here. We're going to look at Samuel and it'll be second Samuel. I believe that God is calling everyone to be mighty men of valor and mighty women of valor. Yes. This is the day and the hour that passivism, it has to end. God is sick of the Laodicean church and he will spew them out of his mouth. So it's our day to rise as mighty warriors and do the work that God called us to do. It's now or never. That's what I want to say. Because we're entering the end of days. Who agrees with that? Yes. We are entering the end of days. Now, what are you going to do? Lay down? What are you going to do? Give up? Oh, it's too hard. I'm too broke. I'm too poor. I'm too sick. I'm too lame. I'm too stupid. 
because that's what I think. Come on. We've got to get engaged with what God's called us to do. This is our moment. This is the day all the prophets of old desired to live in, but God chose you. And so he's saying, come on. Now I want to talk about California just for a second before we plunge into this scripture. And this is 2 Samuel 23. This is the time when the devil is rising and the darkness is rising in our nation. Who agrees with that? And the devil has taken over our media. The devil's taken over Congress. The devil's taken over much of America. Who agrees with that? While the church was sleeping or locked down with diapers on their faces, (laughs) the devil took over. It was a plan. Every bit of it was planned and executed. And now they're trying to lock us up again. I say, no, I'm so done with that. But the thing is, God wants warriors. And the day of passivism has to end. It cannot continue because otherwise we're going to be totally taken over unless we stand. So I want to talk a moment for California because this is the state that the church has been more persecuted than any other state in the nation. Who agrees with that? And so the wicked leaders there were able to forcefully shut people down, lock them up, tell them they couldn't leave their houses, couldn't even drive in their cars alone without a mask on their face. Police. And they were policing that too. So a lot of churches were forcefully shut down. There were one or two very bold pastors that stood up and said, I won't do it. So they came and blocked their parking lots so nobody could come and started fining them and arresting them and everything they can do all over that nation. Meanwhile, the governor goes to the most expensive restaurant in America with all his friends sitting jammed up together with no mask, eating a $15,000 meal while everybody else forced into their homes. Is this okay with you? No. I mean, that's what happened. Am, am I right? Yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you. In the midst of the storm, God will cause us to triumph. Do you believe it? That was wimpy. I'm going to ask again. In the midst of the storm, God, I'm going to get bigger now, will cause us to triumph. Oh, that was better. I have to get dramatic sometimes. Listen, it's happening right before our eyes because as he tried to lock it all down, Last week, all the people meeting in their homes won the court case, and he tried to even lock down the home meetings. He tried everything to shut down the church, shut up the church, but he will never succeed because God is greater. Our God is awesome. He serves another God, not my God. My God can do the impossible, and he will do the amazing. Amen. So what happened in the midst of this? Revival broke out on the beaches. I saw a video that just thrilled me. People were dancing, praising the Lord, racing to the beaches, getting saved. And the sheriffs and the police defended them and refused to shut the beach down. Oh, listen. And it went up and down the beaches of California. Listen, God can break through any storm. Yes. Yes. Nothing will be impossible. When it looks the worst, the light will arise and the light lives in you, the hope of glory. You are carrying the anointing. You are carrying the delivering power. You are carrying salvation within you. Give it away and God will give you more. Amen. 
So there was a huge outbreak of anointing Holy Spirit in Bakersfield, which a lot of people call the armpit of California. Listen, it used to be fabulous. I have relatives there. They had vineyards and farms and orchards, and they were doing wonderfully until the governor and the people in charge decided to divert all the fresh water in California straight to the sea, and they killed San Joaquin Valley. You can drive through there. It's dead, and it used to be beautiful, and that's where Bakersfield is. Look what God did. He brought great revival to Bakersfield. This is recent. So in the midst of the storm, God will cause us to triumph, and we can overcome every trial. Who believes that? Amen. If God is for you, <laughs> That's right. All right, so I want to look at verse 8, 2 Samuel 23, verse 8. How many mighty men and women in here today? Amen. Raise your hand. Okay, there's a lot of you. All right. These be the names of the mighty men whom David had. David was rejected by his own family. They hated him. When the anointing time came with Samuel, his own father left him out with the sheep in the field because they thought so little of David, the youngest son, disrespected by his own family. Yet God chose David, and David became a mighty man of valor, and he overcame a lot to do it too. He had to fight and fight and fight and fight, didn't he? To finally become king of all of Israel. But David, God was for him. God chose him. And it's amazing what happened. Because he was such a great leader and he was so in love with the Lord, they say he prayed seven times a day. All his men saw this. They saw what a tremendous warrior he was. And he comes and he says, I've killed the lion. I've killed the bear. I was just a little boy and I did these things. Look what God will do with me now. And he became a leader. Tens of thousands David killed. So Saul jealous, right? But David's mighty men, they watched him, and they too became mighty. Come on. You get a good leader, and he'll raise up the mighty men and women. So each of us needs to be a shining star in God's crown. We need to be warriors, mighty men and women dressed for battle. And we need to cry out every day, teach my hands to war. And God will use us. God has sent me it's unbelievable, into the most dangerous war zone on planet Earth, and he saved my life over and over and over and over. And my son and all my staff who work for me there, I've rescued 80,000 pygmies from certain death, and they're all serving Jesus. And I've built 20 villages, and they're living in them. They're learning to farm. They're prospering. It's impossible. In the middle of a storm, God is triumphing. So look what happens. These be the names of the mighty men whom David had. The Tachamite that sat in the seat, chief among the captains, was Adino, the Esnite. And he lifted up his spear against 800 whom he slew at one time. Whoa, one man. <laughs> Do you know how amazing that is? But God was for him. You see, he joined with David, who was a type of Christ. Think about this now. Have you joined with Jesus, who is Christ? If you have, if you have accepted him, you're a mighty one of valor. You can do the works he did, and you can raise the dead. Come on. We've raised the dead in the Congo. It isn't that hard. You just believe. All right, let's go on. 
And after him was Eleazar, the son of Dodo, the Ahoite, and one of three mighty men with David. When they defied the Philistines that were there, gathered together to battle, and the men of Israel were gone away. He arose and smote the Philistines until his hand was weary and his hand clave to the sword. Now, I have a sword, and I used to use it all the time in every sermon. I took it all over the world, and I used that sword to demonstrate the sword of the Spirit. actually have it with me today. I never go anywhere without my sword. But it was just to demonstrate the sword of the Spirit, which is mightier than any handheld sword. But this man had the power of God with him because he followed the type of Christ, the mighty man of valor, David. And he believed. You understand? When you set this example, others will follow and they will become the mighty men. Amen. So here he is. He's holding that sword and fighting for so long. Have you ever held something for so long your hand cramped? Because I have that sword. I've held that sword all night. And I'm telling you, my hand cramped. And then my hand just stuck to that sword. And I had to forcefully, without hurting myself, peel my hand off that sword because it was stuck. So I actually know how this feels. So here he is. He fought so long and so hard that his hand was just stuck on the sword. And the Lord wrought a great victory that day. And the people returned after him only to spoil Oh, yeah, everybody else stood by while the mighty man did all the work. Then they came and grabbed the stuff. Does that sound about right, Pastor? Yes. Yeah. And after him was Shama. Now, I'm going to tell you just a clue. He is my favorite of the three. Shama, the son of Aji, the Aharite, and the Philistines were gathered together in a troop. So there were a lot of them. And where there was a piece of ground full of lentils. Now, it was always done in that day. The Philistines and any wicked group would come and burn all your fields so you'd starve you out. So this was very common. If they lose their food, they die. You understand? Your food's gone, you die. So this was, to me, the most courageous of the three. He's my favorite. He saved everybody. So he stood in the middle of a piece of ground full of lentils and the people fled from the Philistines. They left him to die all by himself alone. Remember, I told you I was standing at the top of that hill and my whole team left me to die and I got shot at, but God spared me. So you can't really count on other people. When you get in trouble, people get full of fear and they run. So I'm saying to you, listen, 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 listen. Train yourself in the Lord to be strong, of good courage, to be faithful, to be valorous, because you may stand alone. I don't know and I can't say, but it sure has happened to me so many times that I've learned that I can't count on anybody but God. Count on Him. He'll defend you and be with you every single step of the way. So he stood in the midst of the ground and defended it and slew the Philistines. Remember, there's a whole troop of them. And they came to burn that land and kill him. And he stood in the middle and killed them all. What do you think of that? He stood in the middle and killed them all and slew the Philistines. Wow. And three of the 30 chief went down and came to David in the harvest time unto Adullam the cave. Wow. Now there's three men who stood alone by faith and God backed them up. 
That's who I'm calling you to be today. And I believe it's who God is calling you to be today. We need to turn from our passivity, turn from our sloth, sanctify ourselves, understand everything we do is a test. And now we get to win because every battle you enter into, Jesus already won. Everybody with me? Amen. Now we're going to seal it off and we're just going to say, the Lord bless you because today is a day to make a choice. You can choose to walk in fear, which they've released all across this nation over and over. They've deliberately released a spirit of fear. Right. And Jezebel has slimed this nation with every filth. All right, so now I'm telling you, the spirit of fear has to go. And we have to rise in the kind of courage that God needs in these last days. He needs his sons and daughters to arise. And then his enemies will be scattered. Remember this too. The battle is the Lord's and the victory is ours. So we're going to learn this lesson. We're going to fight. I've told you enough stories now to fill a book if I wanted to write everything down about it. But I tell you this, if God wrote even one of those scriptures on your heart, you can go out and overcome the world. Jesus already did it for you. And the good news is you already won. Amen. Amen. So Father God, I just bless everyone you, that's listening. Hallelujah. If you're in live stream, I want you to pray a prayer with me right now. If you don't know Jesus, I want you to pray this prayer with me because I don't want you to go about the rest of your life in that fallen state. I'm calling you up higher. We're not going to wallow in the mud anymore, dear ones. We're going to walk by faith and we're going to come into the house of God where we can dwell forever. The Lord is stretching forth his hand to you and he's saying, come to me. I will give you rest. I will heal your broken heart. I will heal your body because I love you. I will be your beloved. Come to me. And he says, open the door and I will come in. There was one band that I was with. The leader of that band had written some very demonic songs. I'd been to church just enough to know that this wasn't right. And his band was writing demonic songs by what is known as automatic writing. They'd all get in a room and they just hold the pen and the pen would move. So I asked him one time, why do you write such demonic songs? They're just awful. Kids are committing suicide because of your songs. He had hit songs. And he said, well, he says, I don't write those songs. He said, you know, the pen just moves. I said, it doesn't matter. You're recording them. You're singing them. I said, you've got a laser light show that is destroying the retinas of these people's eyes. And you've got a sound decibel level you know is destroying their eardrums. You're killing people. He said, well, he said, I, I don't believe any of it. I don't believe what I'm saying. I said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, you know, when we record an album, we go, we take the master tape. Back then it was big tapes. And they run it all off of that and make more master tapes. So he said, we take the tape to a witch coven and they pray over it so that demons will go home with every record. I said, you're joking. I had seen The Exorcist. <laughs> I just... I said, no, get thee from me, Satan, in the name of Jesus. I, I just quoted, I didn't know any better. That was as good as I could do. But listen, I knew that was wrong. 
So we broke up. I quit that deal. And I went back working with my brother again. So at least I knew he wasn't a Satanist. Listen, this stuff is real. And this music that comes out of the hearts of demons and is given to people who will tolerate it, allow it, welcome it. This is not for the young people. They're being destroyed. The Bible says you're destroyed for a lack of knowledge. If they don't know Jesus, my goodness, they're going to be vulnerable to all the things of this world, which are so powerful and so terrible. But they need to know the Lord Jesus Christ. He is so much more powerful. He has overcome the world. Amen. Amen. I wanted her to make those comments. A lot of people think music is innocent, and it's not innocent. Satan has stolen what should be music. Worship is music originally is from God, but, you know, Satan has, through people, polluted it. People don't understand, you know, I, I hear a lot of Christians say that I love country western. Well, I don't. I hate it. Do you listen to the words on country western? Drugs and alcohol and free sex and adultery and fornication. You are a little sick if you like it. Now, if you're upset with me, I'm too bad. And I'm at a point I don't even apologize anymore. You shouldn't be listening to country western. Did you hear what I said? Free sex, alcohol, fornication, cohabitation, celebrating drunkenness. Can't you listen to some, if you want country, get Christian that's actually born again worshiping God? but not the world's music. This is Jonathan Hansen. I hope you've enjoyed today's warning radio program with Bree Keaton. God changed her life. May God bless you. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.